This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. What happened the day of Pentecost? They were praying. The Lord said, wait, do not go to Judea. He said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes. I promise. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I already breathed on you, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been working alongside with you because I know I didn't have patience walking with you for three years. And then the Holy Spirit is now, I breathe on you, the Holy Spirit is now in you. And the next thing now, the Holy Spirit is going to be upon you. So before you go throughout the world, you need the Holy Spirit with you. As Christians, we'll be showing fruit by serving the Lord. Anyone who has ever been in ministry can testify to the blessings that come from sacrifice. They can also testify to absolute exhaustion that can come with doing it in your own strength. Pastor Eddie reminds us of some of the help that we have from the Lord. We just need to remember to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to receive Him. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. Spirit is doing is working alongside and leading them to the cross so they could accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit has done for you. Each and every one of you have raised your hand, you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, and what led you to the cross? Yeah, it could have been someone. The Holy Spirit probably used your Aunt Sue or, or Uncle Bob, or it could have been your co-worker, it could have been anyone, or you could have just turned on the radio and gave your life to the Lord, or opened your Bible. The Holy Spirit was power working alongside. Well, we get the word parallel. That's the Greek word. And so the Holy Spirit uh, was working alongside them. And after Jesus rose from the grave, the tomb is empty. He now sits at the right hand of the Father. It says here, John, well, before he went to the right hand of the Father, in John chapter 20, verses 21 to 22, it says, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also sent you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Lord breathed on them. And that's when they received the Holy Spirit now in them. The Holy Spirit is now into every man's heart and every woman's heart except Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And it's funny, when you accepted the Lord, you may have not sensed a change right away. It could have been the following week or the next week. I know a pastor that used to smoke marijuana. <laughs> But anyway, you know, it's a lot of Calvary child pastors like that. But anyway, you know, they were all ex-druggies, okay, whatever. But it's amazing the transformation of their lives. But he was he shares his testimony how he used to smoke marijuana. He gave his life to the Lord. He smoked the next day, and then it was the following week. He was just, I don't want to do this anymore. The Lord was working in his life. No longer. He's not high on drugs. He's high for Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And these are the things that are stripped away little by little. So you're not going to, you know, get goosebumps necessarily. You're not going to do anything weird. You're just going to, all of a sudden, it just takes a time and it starts working in your life. The Holy Spirit is still working in your life. The Holy Spirit is still working in my life. 
After he, he, had, he had worked in my life, said, so, okay, Eddie, you got that down pack. It took, it took us five years to get through your thick skull. Okay, here's the next thing. You know, it continues on. And God is the Holy Spirit forever working us. But the Holy Spirit was breathing on them. And the Holy Spirit can only be in man after Jesus is glorified. This is something that John wrote in his gospel, quoting Jesus. In John chapter 7, verse 37 and 39, Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John explains this, as by this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him will, would receive. For well, the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit was working with them, para, but he could not be in the Greek word en until Jesus was glorified. And so that takes place once, you know, we accept the Lord. And now here's the third, and this is where I think many Christians are lacking. This is why I feel that I, without a doubt, a lot of churches are lacking, a lot of ministries. But it all starts with the individual. It all starts with the Christian. This is the area that I think many Christians lack, is the Holy Spirit to be upon you, upon you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 18, the Lord said to them, before he ascended to be with the Father, he said to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, epi, Upon you, Epi, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, and what happened the day of Pentecost? They were praying. The Lord said, wait, do not go to Judea. He said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes, the promise. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I already breathed on you, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been working alongside with you because I know I didn't have patience walking with you for three years. And then the Holy Spirit is now, I breathe on you, the Holy Spirit is now in you. And the next thing now, the Holy Spirit is going to be upon you. So before you go throughout the world, you need the Holy Spirit with you. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And that's what it said. They were flaming of fire tongues on top of their heads. And that's how the birth of the church happened. So saints, remember, the, the Holy Spirit worked alongside you. He's in you. And here is where, where, we, where we lack the Holy Spirit to be upon us. You know, can I tell you something? This morning as you sit here, I want you to just clear out your mind because, again, we don't know what tomorrow might bring. We don't know what next week might bring. But it's one thing that is sure and certain today, right now as you sit here, the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. This marvelous person of the triune God dwells in your heart. He's in your heart. He's been alongside you. He's now in you. And now he wants to be upon you. This Holy Spirit is so powerful. Somehow we don't mention much about the Holy Spirit. You have one extreme from some denominations and other groups. that That's all they talk about. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And then you have, on the other side, you have people who don't talk about the Holy Spirit at all. We need to be in the middle. Because if you're Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, and if you're in a church that only talks about the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, then you're in the wrong church. Because why? Jesus says the Holy Spirit would not testify of himself. He would not testify of himself. When Jesus was here on earth, what did Jesus tell the people doing his earthly ministry? He was here walking the same grounds we walk. What did he tell men? He told every man, he says, he says this, I, I don't testify of myself. I testify of the Father. 
But when Jesus went to be in heaven, now who testified of Jesus Christ? The Holy Spirit to you, to you. Now you got people on the other side who don't want to even mention about the Holy Spirit, and I think this is where we lack. Can I tell you something? I can't continue to do what I'm doing without the Holy Spirit. We open up our prayer every time. We open up the service every time in prayer, and we ask the Holy Spirit to be here because without the Holy Spirit, there is no service. There is no service. It is dead. It is all fleshly. What's opposite of the Spirit is the flesh. We don't want to play our instruments in the flesh. We don't want to serve in the flesh. We don't want to care for your kids in the flesh. We don't want to do a Bible study in the flesh. We need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit is a waste. And this is the reason why there's a lot of churches that are trying to come up with all kinds of gimmicks to get people to come through the door. Seeker-friendly, or relevancy, or cool pastors who are 65 years old and wearing skinny jeans. You know, it's the truth. I don't want to mention any names, but anyhow. You know, they're trying to be cool just to get the cool kids in. And then meanwhile, the people like my age, what about me? You know, so I don't like a church that's only a young church or old. I like a church that's a family church, all ages. And how are you going to have all ages, not just the hip, cool guys? You know? But you see, they, they, they do it. Why? Because they're doing it in the flesh. What did Paul say? Are you continuing in the flesh what began in the spirit? What birthed out the church? The Holy Spirit. Why are we finding ways to have a church and govern a church the way the world does? Why are we finding all kinds of gimmicks to get people coming through the door? Free gas gift cards just to come through the door. There was a church that gave gas cards. Come to church today, $20 gas card. Really? You know, it's like one of those soup kitchens that they have out in the city. You know, they like to feed the homeless, but the homeless have to sit for an hour and listen to a sermon. And they don't care. They're sleeping, and they're making all kinds of noise. They sleep across the benches. Is it over yet? I want to eat. And that's, really? That's what you do? Did the Holy Spirit really need a gas card to get people to come to him? No. It's all in the flesh. But this Holy Spirit is powerful. And I think, I think we don't give it credit. We treat it somehow like a third stepchild. The Holy Spirit is powerful. What you have in your heart when you accepted Jesus Christ is powerful. Powerful. And I could say this till I'm blue in the face, but you need to understand this. You need to convince your flesh. You need to keep this in your heart that the Holy Spirit is powerful. How powerful is the Holy Spirit? Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him, that's the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same power that raised Christ from the grave is the same power that's in you this morning. The problem is, is that we don't know it. We're like the very men that Paul questioned. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? And we know they received the Holy Spirit in them, but he's talking about the Holy Spirit to be upon you. And yes, we've made it through second base, but somehow there's a home run when you get to the third plate. It is with the Holy Spirit to be upon you. And this is the reason why there are so many cold people, lukewarm Christians, cardinal-minded Christians, cold churches, which just, it just becomes a community center, a gathering. 
playing bingo or whatever it is that they do. The Holy Spirit that dwells in your heart is powerful. And I want you to to remember that, know that it is power, and to receive the Holy Spirit upon you, all you got to do is very simple. Just ask. Just ask. How do I get the Holy Spirit upon me? It's free for the asking. All you have to do is ask. Ask this morning. When you get home, ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon you. Say, Lord, I, I thank you for your Holy Spirit leading me to you, to the cross. And Lord, your Holy Spirit dwells in me. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit upon me. When you go to work, I need your Holy Spirit upon me. When you begin your day to mow your lawn, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit upon me. I need your Holy Spirit upon me. All you got to do is ask the Heavenly Father. And it's very simple. Jesus gave us the parable of the good father. The parable of the good father. In Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13, Jesus said, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? And if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, who's asking for the Holy Spirit to be upon them? Christians. He didn't say the world. His children. He's your father. There are a lot of people out there where God is not their father. There are a lot of people who are not out there who are not the children of God. But people will say, I have people in my job say this all the time. Oh, but we're all God's children. Um, no, we're all God's creation. We're all God's creation. Out of the river of Adam, Eve, there goes man. But out of the rib of Christ, when they speared God, blood and water came out. We're children. We accept him. We accept his blood. He is talking to you, saints, to you this morning. If you never, ever pondered this, if you never, ever asked the Lord to give you the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit may be epi upon you, do it very soon. You need the Holy Spirit upon you. I know for me, I depend on the Holy Spirit every day. Every day. I asked the Lord when I used to go to work, especially when I worked before going into the city, Lord, I need a double portion of your Holy Spirit upon me. And when I come back, so I don't have to, you know, kick the dog and yell at the wife, I need your Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to sleep in the couch. (laughs) I need your Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is there for the asking. You know, have you ever had a conversation with someone and all of a sudden, you know, that person turns his or her back on you and starts talking to two people all the time? And then the next day, they just pass right through you to talk to someone else. How do you think the Holy Spirit feels? All we got to do is ask. All we got to do is ask. Now, Paul's heart... You know, he was concerned for these men. And as your pastor, and as a pastor, as a fellow brother in Christ, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for the whole universal body of Christ, for the church down the road. Down, not to say that we're better, not to say that we got it all together, we by far. But the church is lacking the Holy Spirit to be upon them. That is the reason why the ministry is not effective. When we go out there, what did we do before we began the music ministry, uh, the music fest in Milford? We prayed. And even before that, on my knees here praying. When you see the doors locked and the the, the lights are off, don't interrupt because I'm walking around here like a nut praying. 
That's what I do. I pray to the Lord. I need the Holy Spirit so that I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I need the Holy Spirit upon me. When do you need the Holy Spirit? All the time. All the time. If I were to bring an illustration of a cup filled with water, when it's filled with water, you keep it steady and you start walking straight. But all of a sudden, all the troubles and all the ways of life come and you start bumping into you and that cup of water is all little by little just emptying out because it just splatters outside the cup and before you know it, you're empty. You need to be filled again. You need the Holy Spirit to be upon you. You need to be filled. We need the Holy Spirit. And it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. You're worrying about those that you've been praying to come to know Jesus. Pray with the Spirit. The Bible tells us we should be praying in the Spirit. What does that mean? Sometimes we pray in the flesh. If there's no difference, why would the Scripture tell us that? Why Jesus tells the Samaritan, the woman by the well, well, the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. What's the opposite of that? Flesh and insincere worship. That happens. How many times are you going to say, okay, this is the opening act for the... See what the pastor's going to teach today. How many more songs these guys got? I don't know, you know? You know, it's not an opening act. The worship is just as important as the word. That's where we honor and glorify God. And we do it in the spirit. And the worship team, they pray before they start. In any ministry that we do, we pray before we start. Why? We need the Holy Spirit upon us. And so this was Paul's concern. And again, it's our concern If you want to be more effective at home, you want to be a better husband, a better wife, you want to be effective in the ministry, you want to see God answer your prayers, do it in the Spirit. Just ask the Heavenly Father. And and when he's talking about this Spirit here, he's not talking about a a charismania, but a a charisma. A charismania. Pastor Chuck Smith has an awesome book, Charisma versus Charismania. Charisma is trying to do things in the flesh, not trying to, you know, trying to make things more animated and more strange rather than charisma. Charisma of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he writes in his book. Pastor Chuck writes, Charisma is a beautiful, natural anointing of God's Spirit upon a person's life, enabling him or her to do the work of God. It is that special dynamic of God's spirit by which a person seems to radiate God's glory and love. That's powerful. Because when you go out there and you minister to the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ, or if you see someone who pulled over the road and they're they're changing a tire, you want to know somebody who's filled the Holy Spirit, someone that actually helps that person change the tire. That's a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit. What else is a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit? When you go online in the supermarket, Walmart, whatever, and you find that the person in front of you who's making a purchase is short $5, 10 $20, and you say, don't worry, I got it. That's filled with the Holy Spirit. When your neighbor needs help with his shed or to mow his lawn because he's injured, you do his lawn. That's a Christian filled with the Spirit of God. And it's when we have the Holy Spirit upon us that we can do these things, that the Holy Spirit directs us to do this. And so Paul's question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to them, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And can I tell you that's true in some churches today. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? And so they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized 
with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, of Christ Jesus. And when he heard this, and when they heard this, Paul shared the gospel with them, gave them the whole doctrine. It's not only about John's baptism, the teaching of John's baptism, but about Jesus dying on the cross, rose from the grave, and now sits at the right hand of the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit came, and the church was birthed. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now these men were about 12 in all. Not that they were 12 years old, they were 12 men. But they were, he laid hands on them, and it's, it's not always something you have to do. You need someone to lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit. You could do this in the comfort of your own home. Ask the Holy Spirit to be upon you. During this time, God was doing an incredible move, using Paul in incredible ways, sharing the gospel, people speaking in other tongues, and they were prophesying. God was doing the work, and we see that in his third missionary journey. So, bless the Lord. Saints, how many would like to have the Holy Spirit be upon them this morning? You don't have to raise your hand. It's a prayer, a simple prayer. You don't have to do, don't have to do a show or anything. Just simply ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon you. I don't know what God has put in your heart, and what God has planned in your life, but if your plan includes God, you need the Holy Spirit upon you. And for those of you who are here this morning who do not know who Jesus Christ is, I invite you to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior so that you will have received the love of God and the Holy Spirit in your heart. God is real. God is real. And for you to have the Holy Spirit in you, is a beautiful thing. And for you saints, for the Holy Spirit to be upon you, it's even a greater thing. The Holy Spirit's upon us to do the work of God. It's amazing. You'd be surprised of what you can do, that God can do through you. And you look back at the ministry and you say, wow, I know I couldn't do that. I look back and see what God has done here in Milford. We didn't give out any free gas cards or anything, any trinkets or gifts. We didn't, you know, I didn't get a tattoo and get a mohawk and stuff like that. I'm a short guy, you know. Think about me with a mohawk, you know. Depend on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that we depend on in our services, in our ministry, and in this church. is the same Holy Spirit that could be upon you. It's the same Holy Spirit that we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Do you know what that is? I don't think I understand it completely, but it's worth pondering every day. Power that raised Jesus from the grave, it's in me. Saints, ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon you. The Bible is the central place for us to turn to as Christians for understanding and direction. While there are many wonderful books, websites, and resources to help churches with growth, the Book of Acts is the foundation for biblical church growth. Join us as Eddie teaches through Acts verse by verse. To listen to this message in its entirety, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. That's runningtheraceradio.com. Although running the race is a huge blessing, 
We pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches the Word of God from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero. Please join us next time for the next edition of Running the Race.